Welcome to Church at Home with Riverside Online. It's a great opportunity for us to come together, worship, learn, and minister to one another in our homes while being on lockdown. If you are new or have joined us recently, we would love it if you head on over to our Connect With Us link on the Riverside Community Church website so that we can be in touch with you. We realize that this is a challenging time for many of us in many different ways. So if you need help, please complete our online care card so that we can find out how we can pray for you and assist you. We have been able to help so many people in our community already through your giving and generosity. So please continue to use the same account that you would use for your tithes and offerings for this. And if you would specifically like to contribute to the COVID-19 Relief Fund, use COVID-19 Relief as your reference. Enjoy the message. Hey everyone, we're in the middle of a series called Live Upside Down, which is based on the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus taught. If we're going to be serious followers of Jesus, sometimes our lives are going to look quite upside down compared to the lives of those around us. And so now we've been in this lockdown for over a month and I'm wondering how you're doing specifically when it comes to your anger and your frustrations. Maybe you're just so tired of being around the same people all the time and it's freaking you out. Or maybe you've been stressed because of online school and online work or your internet going down. Or maybe you've been hit financially and amongst all the different emotions that is also creating some anger for you. I know for me, during times of chaos and stress, it has brought out some anger in me. My family can tell you that I haven't always reacted well in those moments. But maybe you're super chilled and maybe there's still something though in the sermon here for you. So I wonder what comes to mind when you picture an angry person. Maybe you picture someone who's red-faced and like banging on a table, but it doesn't always look like that. When Bianca and I do pre-marriage courses, we always talk about the difference between a rhino and a porcupine, where a rhino represents an aggressive response to anger and a porcupine represents a passive response to, to anger. And so a rhino charges into the situation and oftentimes creates a bit of damage along the way because of that, whereas the porcupine retreats from the situation, but those sharp quills are sticking out the back and they too land up damaging damaging the other person and the relationship in the same way. And so today Jesus is going to speak to us about our anger, about how we can respond in upside down ways with regards to our anger, especially in the context of relationships. So read with me Matthew chapter 5 from verses 21. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. So a couple of very interesting things going on here. The first one is, Jesus says, you've heard it say, but I say... So what's been going on is that the people have been trying to live according to the Old Testament, but that was given to them thousands of years before. And during the course of those thousands of years, people were trying to understand how do we think about these laws and how do we live them out? 
And by the time Jesus comes along, Jesus is starting to recognize, listen, you missed the point. So you've heard this law taught in certain ways, but here's how I'm going to correct your understanding. Here's how I am going to bring you right back to the heart of God. The other thing that Jesus is going to do in our teaching and the teaching in the weeks to come is that Jesus is going to bring us to the heart of the issue. You see, up to this point in time, people were focusing on the external parts of these kinds of ethical laws. And Jesus is saying, no, let's get to the heart. Now, let me just tell you, getting to the heart of these issues is difficult and painful. Let me try and give you an example. So if you have been shot, there's kind of two ways to respond. The first way I don't recommend at all. But the first way is to just leave the bullet in there. Try and deal with the surface part of the wound. uh, Maybe put a plaster on. Eventually getting to the point where the skin grows over. And for all intents and purposes, it looks like you're okay. And sometimes the way we deal with these issues is we deal with them at a surface level. And so we look okay, everything feels like we've moved on, everything appears like we've got it all together, but the bullet is still there. So the better way to respond to that situation is to go to a surgeon, someone who knows what they're doing, someone who's going to go in very painfully with a knife, but get the bullet out. That might bring about a longer time of healing, but it will bring about a greater and deeper and more complete healing. And in the same way, when it comes to these issues, Jesus is going to say, let's not just focus on the superficial side of these things. Let's get in. Let's get into the heart. It's going to be painful. It's going to be difficult. But what's going to happen in your life is greater, deeper and more complete healing. And so Jesus says, you've heard it said, do not murder. And here he's quoting from the sixth of the Ten Commandments, which says, do not murder. And so what is going on? What people were saying, well, I haven't killed anyone, so I think I'm okay. Now, most of you passed that test, right? I mean, you haven't murdered anyone this week, so you're doing okay. But then Jesus says, no, wait, before we even get there, let's look at the heart that leads there. Let's look at the series of events that twist us and change us in our heart. The anger that boils within us that may, yes, lead some people to a point of murder. But let's recognize that everything along that road is equally dangerous. And so Jesus says, listen, if you're angry with your brother or sister, you are as deserving of judgment as the person who murders. And so maybe you're like, listen, Stephen, that's quite a high standard. I don't know if I can reach that. Are we even allowed to get angry? Now we know that the Bible doesn't say that it's wrong to be angry. Jesus got angry. On one occasion, the thing that brought about his anger was that people were dealing in the courts of the temple and preventing Gentiles from coming in to be able to worship God. And that angered Jesus. And so Jesus had what we would call a righteous anger. And so when our anger is in line with God's anger, that would be a righteous anger. And of course, it's a fine line to walk. Jesus is angry at sin and we can get angry at sin. Elsewhere in the New Testament, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.26, In your anger, do not sin. So the sin is not anger itself. 
The sin is what anger can produce in us and how it can twist us and how it can cause us to think differently about the people around us, how we respond in anger. And that is where the sin lies. It starts in the heart and it comes out in our behavior. Anger, actually, I would argue, is a gift from God. It's an emotional signpost saying, take notice, something's going on here. And so if we allow anger to alert us to maybe something's going wrong, as we think about it, we pray about it, we realize, well, maybe there's something wrong with me and I need to figure something out. Maybe I need to change how I think about something. Maybe this is anger is alerting me to a boundary that's been crossed in a relationship or in my life. And it brings me to the point where I actually do something about this issue that has made me angry. But then, of course, we want to do it wisely. We want to do it with God. We want to do it with wise counsel. But the anger itself is not the issue. And so Jesus actually shows us what this looks like, where he says, listen, if you say raka to someone, which is actually an Aramaic insult, or if you call someone a fool. In other words, if this anger starts to twist you, so you start to become insulting to people. You fall into name calling and you start demeaning other people. Now, when it comes to church, we don't do that, right? We don't do that at church. We rock up, we, we hug, we say hello. Uh, we've allowed the skin to grow over the wound and superficially everything looks okay. But we go around the corner and that's where we do the insulting. That's where we do the demeaning. Now, maybe some of us don't even do it there, but we do it in our hearts. So again, superficially, everything looks like we've got it together. But inside, we're demeaning the person. We're insulting the person. We're bringing them down by name calling. And Jesus is saying, listen, take notice of what's going on in your heart and what's happening there, because that's going to result in our behavior towards others. And so this is how Jesus diagnoses our hearts. So if that's a diagnosis, what's the antidote? Well, we're going to see that over here. Where Jesus says, therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave the gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still with him on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. I'll tell you the truth, you will not get out until you have paid the last cent. And so if the problem of anger is that it results in insulting people and demeaning people, the antidote is relational reconciliation. So in this first little story, Jesus tells you of someone who has traveled all the way to Jerusalem to the temple. They have brought a gift which has cost them something financially. They are wanting to worship God. But then while they're standing there in this long queue, they remember, oh, wow, I have done something against someone. This particular story is not when I have been offended, but when I have caused offense in somebody else's life. So I'm standing there. I think about that. And Jesus says, stop. Go and Fix the relationship first, then come back to God. So let's update it. Now, I know we're in isolation, but we come to church on a Sunday and we're saying to ourselves, listen, I want to put God first. So what I'm going to do is all my issues, all my frustrations in these relationships, I'm going to put on the back burner. I want to worship God. I want to bring my sacrifice of praise. And Jesus says, no, you've got it wrong. 
Remember, the way we fulfill the law is by loving God and loving others. And these are intricately connected. And so Jesus says, listen, and I know this sounds sacrilegious, but he says, God can wait. God's not going anywhere. In fact, if you do want to worship God, go and make right with this person right away. Bring about this healing in this relationship. Then we get to the second story where we start to see some of the consequences of not being able to deal with this relationship. In this case, get taken to court and get taken to prison. Now that might not be what happens in your life, but this is why Jesus is so passionate about this. Because he knows that when anger has taken root in our hearts, when we start demeaning others and there's a relational breakdown, Jesus knows what that does to relationships. He knows what that does to marriages and families and churches and communities. And so he diagnoses this as a heart issue and he gives us the antidote. But not only does Jesus teach us how to do this, Jesus actually does this himself. In fact, I would argue that this brings us to the heart of the gospel, where we offend God. We offended God with our sin. We offended God with regards to how we treated him or how we treat others, sometimes how we treat ourselves, how we treat this world of ours. So we've created an offense. But what does God do? He steps into this broken relationship in order to bring reconciliation. And so the gospel becomes a picture of how we do reconciliation with others. How God treats us, we go and treat others. So God steps into this broken relationship with love and kindness. The scriptures say very clearly that it is God's kindness that leads to repentance. And so he steps into this insult with kindness and love. We respond with repentance. This is where we say to God, yes, God, you are right. Here is how I've offended you. Here is how I've sinned. Here is how I've, uh, here is how I have fallen short. Then God forgives us and he wipes the slate clean and then he calls us friend. This is an incredible model for how we can do reconciliation. So I've caused an offense to somebody. I step into the fractured relationship with grace and with love. In that moment, there is repentance where the person says, yes, this is what I've done. Here is how I've sinned against you. Here is how I've hurt you and hurt the relationship. That enables true and deep and genuine forgiveness. And then we can say to one another, friend, in the same way God says that to us. Now, that sounds nice and neat and easy. But we all know that life isn't always like that. So is this guaranteed to work? If we follow the formula, are we always going to find reconciliation? Now, even the scriptures say that that's not always going to happen. So, for example, God does not force us to repent. And in the same way, I cannot force anyone to forgive me. I cannot force anyone to repent. And that makes reconciliation a lot more difficult. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus describes a scenario where there has been offense. But he describes where after numerous gracious attempts, you may get to the point where trying to attempt any further reconciliation may be difficult. Sometimes the relationship is broken because of something as horrible as abuse, all forms of abuse. And therefore to try to think about reconciliation is going to take a lot of time. We would need to see a considerable... Uh, 
we would need to see a considerable amount of repentance and transformation before we start encouraging someone to trust themselves in the presence of another person, especially in cases of physical and sexual abuse. So no, reconciliation isn't always possible. But what God wants us to do is to recognize, listen, where there is an offense, I recognize what God has done for me. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to step forward into this broken relationship with the attempts at reconciliation. This is what God has done for me. This is what I am going to do for others. Now, this may not happen straight away. It may not happen on our timeline. But my obligation is to pursue reconciliation. C.S. Lewis, in one of his more famous sermons called The Weight of Glory, this is what he had to say about this. He said, The load or weight or burden of my neighbor's glory should be laid daily on my back, a load so heavy that only humility can carry it, and the backs of the proud will be broken. Do you see what C.S. Lewis is showing us here? He's showing us that one of the biggest obstacles to reconciliation is my pride. And so just like Jesus humbled himself in order to bring reconciliation between me and him, so we need to humble ourselves so that I can be right with God and I can be right with others. Jesus has taught us that this is a heart issue. So let's bring our heart and our relationships before God in prayer. joining us this week and what a challenging sermon that was to help us be better followers of Jesus. We do hope that you'll join us again next week and until then you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and our Riverside app. Another way to stay in touch is through the life groups where people are getting together in smaller groups online at the moment and it's a place to discuss the sermon, encourage one another, pray for one another and do life together. If you are not in one of these groups you can find a list of them on our website or our app. Have a great week.